You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 84. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 7, verse 14, through chapter 8, verse 2. Brethren, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. So then it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members." Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I of myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Many of the opening verses from our reading today deal with Paul's struggle with sin, and, and if one doesn't read this passage with discernment, I think you might easily conclude that Paul is justifying his sin because, as he says in verse 20, now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. And certainly this is not St. Paul's point, but would you help us better understand what Paul is saying, uh, Father, when he discusses this battle between sin and following the law of God? Yeah, and like you said, Paul is by no means trying to justify his or our sin. He never does that. But I suppose one could read into that, uh, that it's sort of like casting the blame away from himself and blaming the sin that lives in him. But clearly, as you stated, Paul's not doing that when you look at the passage as a whole. Right, right. So what is Paul trying to do here? Well, ultimately, Scripture is a form of literature, and so if we think about it that way, and I, and I say this, you know, that it's a form of literature, because we usually think of Scripture as a class unto itself. And it certainly is that for us in the sense that we view it as the ultimate authority, the ultimate narrative by which we live our lives, but we still need to understand that Scripture is literature, and so we should read it that way. And why do you bring that up here specifically, Father? Well, just to highlight that Paul is using the beginning of this section to set up the end of the section from which you read. And to highlight, as you alluded to, it can be problematic if we're to read things out of context. And that's why we always try on this podcast to look at that broader context. So in this case, Paul is setting up an argument, as one does normally in literature. And one of the things that I really like about Paul, just because it's similar to the way my mind tends to work, is that Paul sets things up almost like a legal argument, a logical debate. He's very good at doing that, and most especially here in Romans and also in Galatians. And so what is that argument that he's setting up by talking about this struggle within himself, this desire to do, uh, to want to do right, but yet... Uh, 
to so often fall into sin. What Paul's doing is really setting up this notion, this idea that the human being, apart from Jesus alone, has proven an inability to do it all on their own, to fulfill the Mosaic law in its fullness. And so what Paul is aiming at here is an expansion of what he said in Galatians. In Galatians, he argued from the law itself, from the Mosaic law itself, that anyone who did not fulfill all things in the law was guilty and worthy of condemnation by that same law. Or to say it differently, if you ever fall short of the full requirements of the law, you're guilty of breaking the law and therefore under its condemnation. And why is that so significant to Paul? Well, because it leaves you with one of two options. Either everyone ends up condemned in the end and no one is redeemed or justified, or there's some way towards redemption and justification and salvation that is then outside the Mosaic law. Okay. And, and why is that important to Paul? Well, because he, in the vast majority of his fellow Jews, all of them really at that time, had been seeking redemption and salvation through the law. So when Paul realizes that you have these two choices, that you're either condemned by the law or there must be another way, then he eventually realizes, or rather I should say it's revealed to him, as we hear in, in the Acts of the Apostles on the road to Damascus, that there is another way outside the law towards justification. And significantly, that way is not something outside Scripture. It's not a new religion or something that was totally foreign to Paul. What Paul realizes through that revelation of Jesus Christ is that the way out of this conundrum that we talked about has actually been in front of him all this time, and he didn't see it. It was right there in Scripture. And what was that? It was the fact that Abraham was accounted righteous when he, when Abraham put his trust in God, which is something Abraham did, as Paul notes, before there was even a law. And thus it was outside the law that scripturally Abraham was accounted righteous. And so Paul realizes that the path to righteousness is not through our ability to follow every last aspect of the Mosaic law. And thank God for that, he's saying, because it seems we're not winning in that endeavor and, and we would all be subject to sin even if we don't want to sin. And ultimately then, that's why Paul ends this little soliloquy, so to speak, with this question and answer. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, so if I could recap this to, to see if I understand what you're saying, Father. And if I understand correctly, Paul talks about how sin has come to control him and us, uh, not to make an excuse or blame sin, but to point out that, uh, that we are in need of a way out, so to speak, a way around being perfect ourselves. And the solution to that is found in, in Jesus Christ, God's Messiah, and putting our trust in him and living our lives as he taught us to live. Yeah, that's correct. And, and I think the only thing I want to add to that is, again, to reiterate this approach of Paul uh, is that it's scriptural. This isn't something Paul just made up. It's, it's, it's not a new religion uh, in Paul's mind. It's something that Paul discovered, or again, more properly, we should say, was revealed to him that comes from scripture itself. In the opening book of Genesis, actually, before the Mosaic Law even existed. Very good. I appreciate that, Father. Now, getting to my final question for today, and following closely on the previous question, what about Paul's language of, quote, serving the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin? Would you speak to this a little bit? Yeah, so let's just briefly talk about the two terms here, flesh 
and mind and what they mean. Okay, sounds good. So let's uh, start with what is meant by the flesh. Unfortunately, in some circles, people have taken this term flesh to mean something more of a sexual nature. But biblically speaking, that's not what's meant. That's not what's going on. The term is really used by Paul as a broader term that signifies the natural state of the human being. The way I like to describe it would be our tendency to live merely on a biological level, behaving only according to the laws of nature. And what do you mean by that exactly, uh, living according to the laws of nature? You know, basically this mentality of kill or be killed, this, uh, it's a sort of survivalism that exists in biological beings that, that are able to survive in nature. And that sort of leads well into what St. Paul is talking about when he talks about the mind, which in Greek he's using the term noose. And the noose or the mind is what I would describe as something that sets apart the human being from other biological beings. It's this center of our person that allows us to commune with God, that implants in us this idea that we can rise above the limitations of nature, of living at this very base biological level in survival mode, and we can do things that are contrary to basic biology. That's really interesting. Uh, maybe you can uh, flesh this out a little bit more for us. Yes, nice play on words there. So if you look at some of the most basic commandments that Jesus gives us, uh, they're very simply commands to rise above the way the rest of nature works. Again, this attitude, this mindset, kill or be killed. But Jesus, of course, doesn't operate that way. He says if someone slaps your right cheek, not only do, should you not slap back, but you give the other cheek to slap as well. So he tells us to love those who hate us, to try, you know, teaching this to a dog, you know, for example. Uh, can you train your dog to love someone who's unkind to him or her? You know, absolutely not. And no other animal of which I'm aware except the human being. So again, I'd, I don't want to go down an entire list one by one, but if you look at Jesus' teaching and, and he's telling us to transcend this basic biology, this survivalism, to rise above that, and I think that is perhaps supremely expressed in our love and care for the poor, the needy, the outcast, because biologically speaking, biological beings brush aside the weak because they use up precious resources. You don't want to put up with someone who drags the group down. You don't want some outcast hanging around because they, you know, they might be a little strange. You don't know what to expect of them. But that's no different than how animals behave if, if we behave that way. So Jesus and then Paul now after him in Romans, they're teaching us to transcend the basic laws of nature, of biology, because we have a noose. We have a mind. We're created in God's image. And so to come back to your questions about Paul, saying that he serves the law of God with his mind, but with his flesh he serves the law of sin, what he's getting at, is that paradigm, that struggle within us human beings. On the one hand, our noose, our mind, is striving to serve the law of God, to rise above our biological limitations, so to speak, but our flesh, our biological tendencies, are weighing us down. They're tending to bring us down to that level again. And that's why we cannot fully rely on ourselves as human beings to save ourselves. It's why we need God's Messiah, Jesus Christ, which again, Paul realized was the message of Scripture all along from the very beginning. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we began with a reminder that Scripture is a form of literature, 
And as such, our reading today introduces an argument that Paul makes regarding the struggle of sin versus the will to do what is right. Here, Paul introduces the idea that humans, apart from Christ, have been proven unable to fulfill the Mosaic law in its fullness. This leaves us with two options. Either everyone is condemned, or there is another way to find redemption, justification, and salvation outside of the Mosaic law. And while this way is found outside of the law, it is not found outside of Scripture. And in fact, it was there all along, but was not seen by Paul until it was revealed to him by Christ. We see this clearly illustrated by the story of Abraham being accounted righteous by putting his trust in God, which occurred before the law existed, and thus outside the law. We then discuss two terms, the flesh and the mind. While the flesh is often thought of as concerning the sexual nature of man, Father Aaron corrected this notion and explained that it refers to the biological nature, which can be thought of as survivalism. Opposed to our biological nature is the mind or the noose, which is the part of each person that allows us to commune with God. And so this struggle exists between the flesh and the mind to rise above the limitations of nature and serve the law of God. Therefore, we cannot fully rely on ourselves for our salvation, for salvation can only be found in God's Messiah, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.